This is Leslie. And this is Liam, and we are trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode will bring someone new to the table to plant that foundational seed on how to grow our wealth and unlock our ideal lifestyles. We are so, so glad you're here. And today's guest is a very special one, my dear friend, Sharice McAdoo, baseball in Detroit. And we're so excited to have her on the show because not only is she building her own wealth through fantastic career development, her own side business with Resourceful Reese, but she also is a recent homeowner and could talk us through what went well and what didn't go well. So we're so excited to have her. Yeah, Sharice, we got to ask, you know, our podcast is focused on planting the seed to help trade our money stress for real happiness. What does happiness mean to you and how are you using finances to get there? Woo. Well, first, I'm so happy to be here. Um, speaking of happiness, I'm, I'm just really honored to be able to share my story and to encourage. So happiness to me means feeling a state of peace with my choices. Um, and especially as it regards to my finances, I want to feel like not only am I doing things that bring me joy. So whether that's getting my nails done, not in COVID, but before, um, <laughs> or like getting a home, but also feeling really good about those choices. So not overextending my budget just because, but really making really smart financial decisions that not only benefit me now, but also long-term. Mm. I couldn't have hey, said Charisse. it myself, <laughs> really just focusing on what is joy. Joy. Can we say joy instead of joy. happiness next time? I mean, yeah, seriously. Right. No, Sharice, I'm honestly so glad you're here to weigh in because mm. number one, I feel like you just have such a fierce and inspiring spirit. But also because of what you alluded to with kind of going through this home buying process and having, you know, definitely a a process, right, ups and downs Mm -hmm. with it. So we actually had a listener submit in and ask about what happens when the home buying process goes the wrong way. What should Mm -hmm. I be looking out for? Sharice, I'm going to turn it over to you at first, just to hear your initial thoughts. What are some things that you would advise this person to look out for as they're beginning their own home buying journey? Yeah, I mean, well, first, I am a living testament of what happens when the home buying process goes wrong. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, okay? So last year in September, I was scheduled to close on a home in Chicago because I was living there at the time. Um, And unfortunately, while Leslie and I were both on vacation, I found out that um, my lender would no longer accept my application. Um, And it was due to a variety of different factors. So that kind of gets into my advice. Um, Number one, there are things that are going to go wrong. Like, I think that's life in general. I think there is no one who is able to say, hey, I just had the best home buying process ever. And it's not necessarily your lender dropping out. It could be small things like, I'm not going to close on my anticipated date or the seller needs some more time. So we need to do a rent back, um, which is essentially they are paying you to live in the home after you closed. Or it's, um, you know, I thought the home was good. I had a great home inspection. The day I get in there, something breaks, a pipe burst mm. or something like that. There are, there are small things that happen that you don't always foresee. So that's A. I think advice, number one of things to look look for. Um, number one, like do your do your research on lenders. A lot of times banks are a lot less, are more risk adverse 
than a guaranteed rate or some of those more private institutions who are still doing mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're younger in the game, like myself, when I bought, I was 23, they look for longer work experience. They look for how much savings you have, your 401k, things of that nature, that someone who's our age may not have as built out as our parents. Um, so those are some things to look at. And then two, I would say really do your research on the home and on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Chicago, I was new to Chicago. I didn't know that much about the neighborhood. It was a really nice house. But if I hadn't gone early in the morning and then also like at 10 o'clock at night, I would not have known really what the neighborhood was like in both settings. Mm-hmm. Same thing I did with my house in Detroit, really understanding what's the property value around me. What are some of the things that I'm seeing as I'm walking down the street? What are my neighbors going to be like? Even little stuff like, what does the grass look like? Has anyone taken care of it in the last couple of years? So those are just fertilizer. Okay. Fertilizer. Who's been watering? Has anybody so been watering? Yes. Has anyone? I'm not sure, but I think those are things. Those are smaller things to look out for um, that may affect your decision, either whether you buy this home or whether you want to put an offer on a condo or on something like that. Sharice, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I love that answer in general, and I know Liam and I are probably both like gears turning. I know at least mine are, <laughs> yeah. but I think one of the most important things that you said is that there is always something that is going to go wrong you know there's no like there's no blueprint that if you just follow these circumstances you'll be able to avoid any mayhem whatsoever maybe it's not exactly when you're looking maybe it's not exactly with your team maybe it's not exactly at closing but you know a year down the line are you going to be disappointed when you have to replace your entire heating and cooling system mm-hmm. like, things like that I think are just such a it, it, it for a perfectionist like me I want to think that I can somehow hack my way out of any like unforeseen issue but yes. it's just so clear that that's not possible <laughs> like, by any means I think probably is thinking along the same lines yeah no Leslie amen and Sharice, I have a question. One of the things that you mentioned was your age, right? 23 years mm-hmm. old. And we've had a few listeners write in about this home buying process because they're, you know, a lot of people are questioning themselves at that age. Am I too young? Yeah. Did you, I guess, did you see either an advantage or disadvantage or maybe neither mm-hmm. when you were going through the process of getting approvals, coming to conversations with credibility when it came to working with different lenders, right? I'm curious to hear about that process and how you felt you were taken as a 23 year old coming in ready to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, I think with banks, as I said, it was a different conversation. It was more, mm-hmm. it was different. And I think it varies by lender, like, which is why I, not only by lender, but who who you're talking to on an everyday basis. So who is okay. your mortgage broker? I think that's really important to understand because they'll be your advocate on, on the fiduciary side. So I think it's really important to have that, number one. Um, I think when I, and depending on the lender, it was very different. Like when I talked to Guarantee Rate, who's through, who's my mortgage is, is through, um, it was a very easy conversation about my experience, about what I brought to the table, what I was looking for in a home, you know, what I was, where I was looking to grow um, in the next couple of years. I think there's there was definitely a lot of times in myself where I'm like, do I need to buy a house at 23? Now I'm 24, but do 
I need to buy a house right now? Mm-hmm. I'm 23. I don't know if I'll move in the next couple of years. I literally just moved from Chicago in May. So is it the right time if I get an offer to move to San Francisco? What is going to happen to the house? I think there's always going to be a what if. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also lenders who I talked to who didn't really take me seriously because they just thought, oh, she just wants to buy a house just for, you know, for street credit or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to separate myself from that, from those lenders, because I understood mm-hmm. I want someone who's going to be my advocate in this process, who's going to fight for me, who's going to really help me understand all the ins and outs that I may not be aware of, even though I've done some of my background research. What are some of those blind spots that I have that you can speak to? Um, because you believe in me and you believe in the process that we're going through. Mm, yeah, and I think one thing that you mentioned, Sharice, actually two, is on, on the first side, I really resonate with being taken seriously, whether it's something that's my own insecurity and I'm projecting it onto whoever I'm working with, knowing <laughs> that I am more early in career, or whether it truly is, you know, this almost mansplaining sorry liam to pick on your gender here but (laughs) really mansplaining sometimes um well you know this is what a mortgage is and i'm like i'm a financial coach i don't need you to tell me what a mortgage is (laughs) (laughs) so i think there is a bit of a pride element too but then i think another point that you made was you know really having folks that are your advocates and that do have your best interests at heart because at the end of the day, this is a you know business transaction. Granted, it is in your personal life, but there are so many you know businesses and folks' salaries that are paid off of this decision that you make. And so, yes. being able to surround yourself with people that you trust is super important. And I did want to take a moment of education just to the listeners that might have heard Sharice mention mortgage broker and might have also heard her mention a a lender. So just so you know, as you're going through the process, a mortgage broker is actually one of those individuals that's kind of more of a middleman that can help you comparison shop, meaning, you know, how can I get different quotes from various lenders? And from there, really see what makes the most sense for you, kind of that like educational advisory side of things. Now in the past, mortgage brokers had um, a bit of a bad rap, specifically because, you know, sometimes they had incentives to you know, show you deals that weren't actually very good for you. Um, but, you know, after 2008, that industry is a lot more regulated. And so brokers can be really helpful to get kind of multiple feelers out there from multiple lenders if you don't want to take hits to your credit score by applying for pre-approval multiple times in a short period of time. And then, of course, lenders being the actual kind of direct financial institution, like a guaranteed rate or a Lakeshore Bank or whatever it may be, um, that can actually service you the loan will go through your pre-approval tell you you know here's the the dollar amount that you can borrow from um and then at the end of the day have you sat, sign the dotted line so Sharice, honestly i feel like <laughs> i've learned so much and just validated so much about my own process here so you're you're yeah. the best no you're the best <laughs> you too man <laughs> Charisse, oh man <laughs> i i mean I, I feel like we have really planted the seed here and I want to make sure our listeners know how this seed can blossom and grow and otherwise inspire into its own wealth journey. So, Sharice, Leslie, do we have any actionable takeaways to help these seeds become plants? 
Yeah, I mean, I can start us off here. I think number one, under I think the first step in any home buying process is understand what it is that you want to buy. So if you, do you wanna buy a condo? Do you wanna go single family? Do you wanna buy a multi-unit? What is it that you're looking to do? And then what are you looking to get out of it? So from a financial perspective, are you buying a home because you really wanna keep this in the family for 50 years? Or is this something that you wanna flip and flip and sell? I think understanding that is gonna be really, really crucial crucial to your financial journey, A. B is understand ways that you can save if you have not started already. Mm -hmm. So I went and I um, have a um, high yield savings account with Marcus by Goldman Sachs that I just had a reoccurring um, monies pulled out of my checking account every two weeks because I really wanted to be on an aggressive savings plan, but I had to understand how much it is that I want to take away. Third, I think even if you are not ready to have, as Leslie kind of mentioned, your credit pool yet, and you're really just trying to understand what's out there, start network start networking with some mortgage brokers. Start under start doing some research on different lenders. Um, start doing research on down payment assistance programs in your area, in your state or city. That's also going to be helpful. And last but not least, do some research on the areas that you are looking to buy in. So for example, if you're looking to buy in Chicago, there's some awesome areas in Bronzeville. There are some up and coming neighborhoods, Detroit, wherever you are, there's always going to be an up and coming neighborhood. Understand what's up and coming in your area. That way you can understand how much you'll need to invest. And if you want to go in with someone else, for example, if you're doing a multi-unit, those things are just going to be really helpful first steps before you even go to closing. Um, I think a lot of times we rush to closing and don't even think about all the things that go into it months of research months of planning before you even get to that table mm. mm -hmm. so good Sharice. and the only thing i could possibly add to that i hope you all took notes during that because that was yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. um, the only thing i could possibly add is have buffer in your mm. financial plan like Sharice said right out the bat there is no home buying situation when there isn't something that comes as a surprise either on day one or day 600 when you've already moved in and been there for two years. So yes. I would always say have buffer. And if you're looking for a rule of thumb that's pretty risk averse, so coming from my own personal journey, I'm looking for a buffer of 100%. What that means is if I'm planning on all in doing down payment, closing costs at 10 grand, I wanna have 20 grand in my bank account. And that's just because I don't know what fees may come up. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm actually going for a fixer upper like Sharice mentioned and trying to be Chip and Joanna Gaines. Maybe I'm actually <laughs> trying to you know, buy a car because now that the house is too far away. I have no idea, but what I do know is that I'm not doing myself a good service or good deed by putting myself in a strained financial situation. So if you wanna be like me, 100% buffer, whatever you are committing to that down payment and closing cost, have double that amount in your bank account so that you'll be able to adapt yes. to any challenges that come your way. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'll add is understand your board of directors, right? I like that we're getting so many of these write-in questions because that's what you should be doing is asking these questions. Mm -hmm. Understanding who in your network can be your shoulder to lean on, a resource that yeah. you can use in this process, somebody that knows these neighborhoods well, right? Maybe there's somebody that knows a lender very well. Use your resources and use your network. But I'm sad to wrap this topic for now. I wanna to take a moment and celebrate an incredible 
real growth moment from another one of our listeners. This one, we have Julia in New York. And Julia just sent a very nice note to us and reached out and said, hey, I've been listening to the podcast and it feels like it's going to help guide me wherever I want to go in the future. And that's super broad, but that hit Leslie and I a little extra because we realized, right, wherever you want to go, right, finances are kind of a part of it. So if you're somebody that maybe doesn't understand, oh, or doesn't have the confidence, man, I, I wish I was more confident with my finances, just become more comfortable, really. And then the confidence is going to come naturally wherever you do want to go moving forward. Uh, I, I love that. Liam, you said it best. And honestly, we love bringing up these stories because we know it's not just Julia, it's not just Sharice, it's not just myself and Liam beginning our wealth journey and seeking happiness in real time. So mm-hmm. listeners, we are so grateful to you for joining us and we'd love to hear about your challenges and your growth moments. Yeah, glad you mentioned that, Leslie. Go to the link in our Seeds podcast description or DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Share your experiences with us. We'd love to help you achieve your goals and then celebrate you when you do. We can't wait to be part of your journey. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to Seeds to stay updated with the community as we collectively pursue happiness. Lastly, big time shout out to Sharice. Sharice, always awesome to hear from you again, but weighing in especially on this topic of home buying, Um, and what to look for. We always love chatting with you. Where can listeners follow up with you, Sharice, and keep up with what you're doing? You're up to a lot of exciting stuff. (laughs) Please, I have a little little highlight on Instagram called HGTV with Reese, so please let me know. So, of course, (laughs) you can follow me on Instagram at let Reese, R-E-E-S-E, brand you. Um, My business page is at Resourceful Reese. I post things on there. Um, My Twitter is let Reese brand you too, so please let me know if you have questions, if you just want to chit chat, I want to be a part of your board of directors or at least lend a helping hand however I can. Oh my gosh. A no, woman Reese. of the people. This is why we love her and why, <laughs> listeners, we decided to bring Sharice on for a very special episode here at Seeds. Um, today actually marks the last episode of this first season of the Seeds podcast. And we are so grateful to you all for being with us, submitting questions, submitting wins. Liam and I could not be more blown away by what we've seen so far. And we Tell them why, Leslie. <laughs> we are taking a very European um, end of summer break. Also, I'm getting married. So if you didn't know that, that's that's coming up. So (laughs) we are are just so, so grateful to you all and can't wait to be back at it again in October of 2020. But in the meantime, just know that Liam and I are here. We are still responding to your DMs, your text messages, your LinkedIn messages. So continue to share your thoughts with us and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We're going to sign off here. Signing off. Cherise, thank you.